It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey everybody, what's up? WFO, Joe Costello back with you. Get ready to talk a little NHRA drag racing. First time this week, super excited. Got the voice of the NHRA. Alan Reinhardt going to join us just moments from now. And we've got a big week coming up, big week, like the John Force Racing Camp have broken their silence and put out a press release and are going to be doing multiple interviews, going to be out there in the world. And one of them is going to be right here on WFO Radio tomorrow afternoon in that 4 p.m.-ish time slot. So watch for the bat signal. Be ready. We're going to have... 16-time champion John Forrest, who will be making his Camping World drag racing debut. That's kind of cool, right? His first time in the Camping World colors, interested to see what they do with it, will be out there. Of course, the big breaking news, we'll talk about it with Alan Reinhardt, but it's going to be John, it's going to be Brittany, it's going to be Robert. Everybody immediately asking about Austin Proc. Oh my goodness, what's up with Austin Proc? We'll definitely talk about it. But frankly, I kind of understand the way things go, uh, and we'll, we'll dive into it. So that's all coming up on the show. Also want to remind everybody, I got so much great feedback not from my racing experience this week, this last weekend. Not, not from that. From last week's shows, Leah Pruitt just brought the house down. If you haven't heard that, genuine honesty and all kinds of great detail about what's going on in her life and how she's handling it and what she's ready to do here in the 21 season, fantastic. And then Ron Tobler. It was like a week of honesty on WFO Radio, where Tobe just kind of went through his career, and we talked about big moments, and he told us he's going to be helping TJ Zizzo in 21, and it's going to be great, and we picked tracks. Uh, that is all in our WFO Radio archive. So if you happen to be stumbling upon this show for the very first time, well, you got some good stuff to dig into in that archive. Our Ignition Show is in the archive. And also, and also, very special today, the Patreons are already listening to it right now. Matt DiBenedetto, Matty D, who drives for the Wood Brothers. You know that we love NASCAR, too, on WFO Radio. And I spent several years at NASCAR Radio when they were on XM before deciding that drag racing needed its own show and its own place to go and be. Uh, and the fact is that we'll be posting an interview with Matt DiBenedetto, drives for the Wood Brothers, loves drag racing, been to Four Wide, animal rescue guy, got taken out in that first crash on lap 14 of the Daytona 500. Uh, we'll talk to Matty D about the Dixie Vodka 400 coming to Homestead Miami Speedway in a couple of weeks. And all of that is coming up on WFO in the next, uh, you know, hours, next hours. But the John Force being on the show tomorrow, I think, is a big deal. And let's just uh, alert the media. Do you know any media? Hey, first, I want to tell everybody about the people who make it possible, genuinely. Make it possible. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. And obviously, this is for fans, but also engine builders and tech guys. And what has been fun and interesting for me is to hear people react to the Hidden Horsepower podcast. And I just had someone yesterday reach out and tell me that they learned a lot from listening to the podcast about the importance of ring seal and the importance of uh, profilometer and understanding what your machine shop is using. So not only is it an entertainment podcast, but it is also an educational podcast so that the next time you build an engine, you demand a forceful demand. Total seal piston ring. Also, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. I'm super excited to see Frank and Lana up there in Gainesville in a couple of weeks for the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. They have got a Dragster Adventure program the following week. If you're in the area, go drive a Dragster. Do it. Drive Dragsters. Bring your friends. Have some fun out in the fresh air. Why wouldn't you? Or maybe you want to get your top alcohol funny car license and go you know, racing. One way or another, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School is... You know, one of my favorite sponsors, because when, like, Leah was on, you know, you know, I'm not prompting people to support my sponsors. My sponsor just happens to be one of the most significant methods of learning to drag race. And everybody's been there. And you should, too. Simple as that. Samtech.edu, all the same stuff, except about machining and engine building. Simple as that. Machining and engine building. You want to become a CNC machinist, motorsport EFI tuner, or classic machinist, Samtech can get you started off right. If you're like a wayward, airheaded kid who wants to, who wants a, a leg up on the competition and go into something you'll truly love and that can never be taken away from you wherever you go, 
Being a machinist is exactly that guy, samtech.edu. And finally, I get a text from Marvin Rodak this morning that he got a message from a high-profile significant name driver whose last name begins with Z that he heard Rodax on WFO and he wants to support WFO and now he wants to get some coffee from Marvin Rodak. And isn't that the way it works? 817-924-6821. Call Marvin who is snowed in and has nothing better to do. He is genuinely snowed in, forced to roast coffee for the rest of us. So give him something to do. Marvin Rodak, our friends at Nitrofish, of course, nitrofishracing.com. And if you want a WFO radio face covering to wear at the track at the start of the season, jump on the... Uh, the website, WFORadio.com. Go to the store and get yourself one and some stickers for just 10 bucks. That includes shipping, yo. That includes shipping. How? What am I doing? Doesn't make any sense. All right, and there it is. That's all the spots for the beginning of the show. Time to get to Alan Reinhardt. Is Alan Reinhardt ready? He looks ready. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret in a second. Let's bring him on, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. What's up, AR? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, I'm at least not snowed under, so uh, I'm happy about that. Isn't but, that crazy? Uh, Did you see Mama K's post? 11 inches of snow in Kilgore? Say what? Did you see Texas Motor Speedway? That one I have not seen yet. But uh, there's a great shot on Twitter. Texas Motor Speedway is pretty incredible. Yeah, they're uh, you know they're, I know there's still a lot of people down there that are dealing without having power and all that kind of stuff. So best wishes to all of them. And um, you know I've. It's it's going to be sixty something here today, so I might not put the top down, but I'm, yeah. uh, I'm grateful that I don't have to dig out from under anything. Well, exactly, and this time maybe we shouldn't be so uh, quick to make fun. Let's wait a few days because uh, it's our nature, right? Like we have things. You've got those things out there. Those desert storm. What is it called? A haboob or something? Where a haboob. I don't want to go through that. I don't know what it's like, but it doesn't look very fun. It looks messy. We, of course, have hurricanes here in South Florida and endless rain. Um, snow and Big D, though. It's out of the ordinary. They're unprepared. The power systems, the grid is just not. You maintain things differently in that kind of weather, and they're just not used to it. And uh, they're they're paying a little bit right now. But, hey, the kids love it, right? They're making snowmen. They're throwing snowballs at each other. All of it. It's all good. The crazy thing yesterday that I heard that, uh, you know, a guy like guys like you and I, I think, could definitely get a feel for this. Both the Dallas airport and the Houston airport were closed. Wow. So how many thousands of travelers stranded, not just in Dallas and Houston, but wherever? Uh, because those two airports are closed. So, I mean, you know, you know from from being a professional traveler the last few years, you know, if Dallas is messed up or if Chicago is messed up, your flight out of Seattle might not be going where it's supposed to go. Or, you Absolutely. Know, your, your flight out of Topeka might not be going where it's supposed to go. It just affects the whole the whole country. So, um, you know, just want to wish the best to everybody getting through this and getting home. But some of the pictures are pretty spectacular. And those people who are trying to get a beer at the Tal- Dallas airport before 11 a.m. or whatever it is. <laughs> like I feel sorry for you guys, but uh, it, it is—it's the weather. You can't control my nature. So we've got some people. Listen, the John Force News is huge. We got everybody checking in out there on Facebook. They're all subscribing to the podcast. Dujane, uh, you know what's good? What's good, man? I went racing this past weekend. I'll show you a quick video in a minute, Alan. Great interviews last week. Thank you very much, Monica. Uh, Jeff is out there saying what's up. Roger Richards saying what's up. I'm sure he's excited to go racing. Uh, wow, look at me watching a live. I, if only we knew who that was, Alan. It would be great. Matty D going to be on the show. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but I got a nice exclu- exclusive with Matt Benedetto, and I put the I put the full cord on him to get him out to the drag races. I was like, hey, self, uh, self-professed car guy from California, what's your background in drag racing? Like, you've got to have something. And he said, you know, I like cars. I work on cars. I've been out to test and tune. I've been to Z-Max for four wide. I love it. I'll come again. All of that stuff. So... I was leaning on him. I didn't quite say, you know, on behalf of the, uh, you know, behalf of Alan Reinhardt, I'd like to extend an invitation to you to come out and sit in the broadcast booth at ZMAX next time. But it was close. So we'll see what happens. Hey, bring him. Us Ford guys, we got to stick together. So, yeah, I'm good with that. As long as he's driving for the Wood Brothers and he's driving a Ford, send him. There it is. Well, he is. And uh, good for him, the legacy. I kind of felt like I like that guy, too. He is a, I'm a General Motors guy, but I'm now... A great story, great racer, support who I got to support to keep good personalities in the sport 
and money flowing kind of fan now. And for him, a grinder to grind his way to a great opportunity at the Wood Brothers with a Ford, yes, all the way, 100% support. Yeah, I, I actually learned a long time ago, and I, I was a Ford kid growing up, and I don't know why my dad wasn't necessarily, but it just for whatever reason. But I learned a long time ago that, you know, the carburetor doesn't know what brand it is. Right. You know, the, the valves don't know what brand it is. If I told you, okay, this is going in an engine, it doesn't know what brand it is. Right. And so I am just a performance enthusiast, and uh, that's pretty much it. If it uh, makes noise, goes fast, then I'm all for it. I still, you know, like I, I love the brand wars, right? If, if you drove a Camaro to the racetrack, then I hope you're rooting for the Camaros. If you drove a Mustang, I hope you're rooting for the Mustang. But I still, I, you know, it, it used to. I used to feel much more strongly about it, and now I just appreciate anything that somebody's willing to put the effort in to make go fast. Absolutely. Well, that's it, and I think that's evolution of this whole thing. Um, you know, you think about—I'll give two examples. Our, first of all, our, our great friend Jeff Barker. First of all, everybody, we'll be talking about the John Force Racing News seconds from now, like as soon as you share the show, man, that's what we're doing. We're waiting for the audience to build to tell you about John Force and the Austin Proc situation, and the audience is building, and John will be on the show tomorrow, I have been told, so we'll get it right from the horse's mouth. But uh, really quickly on the subject, you know, our great, our great friend, you know, Jeff Barker was the first top sportsman world champ. He's got a deal going. He's got a sponsor and wants to sponsor him, and he's running in Pro Mod, and he's doing a Toyota. They're stickering up the car to be a Toyota. Because he's got a sponsor that wants to pay to have Toyota out there. And he's getting beaten up about it like people are on him. I think about Alanabi when they came in. I think about Toyota when they came into NASCAR and they came into drag racing. And there were people who, and myself being one of them, like, uh, you know, eh. and that attitude was totally wrong. If someone wants to come into the sport and spend millions and millions of dollars because they like what you're doing, you let them. <laughs> I'm curious for anybody that's upset about Jeffrey Barker, you know, decaling the car as a Toyota and and calling it a Toyota. How many of you guys in the early days of Pro Mod thought that really was a 37 Chevy? Right. How many of you guys thought that was a real 41 Willys with a Willys motor in it? And everything. Come on. Right. You no, know, they they're out there wanting to race. Toyotas want to get involved. I don't know if you know this or not, but you back up the time clock about 10 years or so, maybe 12. Uh, Toyota was taking a very serious look at getting involved in pro stock and, you know, trying to come up with what would we do for a power plant? You know, the 500 cubic inch, two valve per cylinder, push rod carbureted at the time. And, uh, you know, Toyota really didn't have a motor for that, you know, and just like when they went into NASCAR, they kind of had to invent something and that ended up not coming through, but you know what? Toyota taking a look at, at any drag racing, bring it. You know, I wonder. I wonder if those same people that are bagging on them are upset because Toyota sponsors Antron Brown, or Toyota sponsors Doug Coletta, or Alexis, or JR, or let's go on and on. I mean, did those guys, you know, decide that they don't like funny cars anymore because of the Toyota funny car body out there? Come on, anybody that wants to come in and get involved, come in and get involved. The water's fine, and you know, the diversity that we've had over here forever. You know, you can go back into the '70s when there was 240Z funny car bodies. And well, exactly. I don't remember anybody throwing rocks at them, although somebody probably did. Well, in, but, the, in the same sentence, someone will say something like this. You know, we shouldn't let those guys into this sport. But man, there's not enough sponsors around. What's up with that? <laughs> and they don't they don't uh, they don't work well together. All right. Let's get into the whole John Force situation, because they, they break their silence. John is coming on tomorrow. Um, everybody is excited except the Austin Proc part of the story. I've got some info. I know I'm sure you've got some info. Um, but the bottom line is this is mostly great news. That 16-time champ Robert Height and Brittany are all going to be back. Austin is not going to be back in a car immediately, like at the start of the year or maybe even this year. But from what I understand, um, you know, he's on the team. His dad is on the team, and he's going to be working with his dad on that team, as I understand it. And, you know, Austin, just play it play it cool because things are getting better and better and better, and uh, we're going to have John Force Racing at full strength at some point. But let's talk about John, Robert, and Brittany. 
Great news, Camping World debut at the Gator Nationals. Yeah, bring them. I mean, and I'm sorry, I just don't see this as breaking news. They have said all along we're taking off 20 so that we can come back strong and be ready to go in 21. They were willing to sacrifice the year in order to shore up the company and keep it strong so they can come back. If you go and look at their Christmas video, and it debuted Christmas Day on Facebook, and at the time Austin was part of it, but it was Austin, it was Brittany, it was John, it was Robert, all saying, we will see you at the races in 2021. It's now official. They finally put on official press release, and that's great. But they have said all along, we will be back in 2021. So I personally, I don't see this as breaking news. I think it's great that they you know, finally verified it, and that, that, but they have said all along, we're going to do this. You know, if, if I've been telling you for two years, I'm going to race in 2022. I'm going to race in 2020. I'm putting together the top fuel team, Joe. I'm going to race in 2022. When I make an announcement in January of 22, are you going to go, wow, breaking news. Look at this. Yeah, but. No, I've been telling you this for a year. Yeah, but nobody so, trusts you, Alan. That's the whole thing. You know, trust but verify, right? Like we, people say things. No, the, this is actually true. I'm joking with you. But you can say something. Like anybody can say something a million times, but nobody believes it anymore. It's just part of life in 21. Like nobody believes anything. Like, yeah, they say they're going to be. I had a guy reach out to me on Facebook and say, is NHRA going out of business? I heard they ran out of money, and he's coming back at me. So, of course, I give him the, the answer. No, that's not true. See you at the Gator Nationals. And no, there was, there was pushback against me. No, they're out of money. Man, look. I what, heard this. I know a guy. My cousin told me. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. And so that's the world of, and, you know, we never get into anything other than racing here. But there is a problem with information disinformation, just pure fake information for the fun of it. Like, let me put something out into the ether that's just flat-out false for fun. People are doing that. Um, it's and, and so there's no trust. Now, now I, I, I have done that before. That was in the old but, days before social. No, but it's, as you said, it's for fun. Yeah. It's not to be derogatory. It's just for fun. You know, you, I, you were there, <laughs> right, when I was going to drive a funny car? Yes. When, Yes. But in the middle of an interview, Ron Capps says to me, yeah, when you get in the car next week, you'll realize what I'm talking about. This has happened. And everybody went, what? And it was funny. I mean, and then John Asher had to go and ruin it. I mean, John, you know, you're a big ruiner. But <laughs> the thing now that, that doesn't get me is, or that gets, is just exactly what you're saying. You know, oh, I heard from a guy that this. Okay, who'd you hear from? Well, I'm not going to divulge my source. And here's my feeling on secret sources, Okay. If you have a secret source and he tells you Joe is going to go racing in a funny car next week, he's got a full-time, full-tilt deal, it's going to end up being a two-car team, but this is a done deal. You just wait for the announcement. I've got a source. If he's right, you know, if you make the announcement a couple of weeks from now, hey, here's my deal, I got that, then you know what? Protect your source. But right. If it turns out to be a complete crock, you never had a deal, you were never working on a deal, you never nothing then I think you should have to divulge your source because either you're a liar or somebody's lying to you. And why would you not then divulge your source? You know, I, I love the deal when, when a guy, again, you know, a guy says, Joe's coming out with this. And it's like, nope, never happened. Goes, well, if you knew who my source was, you would have believed it too. Your source is a liar. Right. So why don't you tell me who your source is? Because it wasn't, especially if it was never true. Yeah. You know, if, if Joe's working on something, Joe's doing it, fine. But it, it's just, and it's crazy. You know, somebody wrote, somebody said one time, it, it was, tell me if I got this right. You're more pop culture than I am. A lie can go around the world before the truth gets its pants on. Is that right? Yes, that's close enough. Why, why doesn't the truth just sleep with its pants on? <laughs> well, that exactly would, true. That would solve everything. Get with it. The truth needs to get with it. Um, I think that's very funny, and I agree. Um, people can say whatever they want to say with absolutely no repercussions for what they say. And we see that all the time. Like, I've heard a million things from a million people that turn out to be wrong. And I've never heard someone come to me, hey, do you remember that thing that I told you two months ago that was going to happen? Boy, did I totally blow that. That, it was totally wrong. I was wrong. There should be more of that. That's all. Like, if you say something and it turns out to be wrong... Spend a minute or two just acknowledging 
yeah, man, I put some misinformation out there. And, and doing a show, you have to do that live while you're on the mic. It happens. If you did said something wrong three minutes ago, you go back. And you say, hey, a few minutes ago, I said something that was not exactly accurate. I got the new information. Here's what's accurate to correct the record. The average citizen never has to do that. And they just let it fly because, well, it's embarrassing to admit that you told all your friends something that turned out to be flat out wrong. Hey, remember that thing I told you? That's wrong. Now, here's another thing. Somebody is asking about, um, you know, there was no mention of Austin Proc in the press release. And that's kind of, well, why, why, why not? Put in there, but our fourth car, Austin Proc, will not be racing this year because of these reasons. Like, think about media rollout strategy, folks. Like, that's not how you do it. That's just not how anybody does it. That's information that comes out later. Yeah, that's a separate press release. Yes. You you, you put your best foot forward. You put your good news out there. And, you know, you talk about the John Forrest thing. And there was a, a guy, I don't remember who, one of the Internet sports guys that spoke to Brittany uh, when she was at the Supercross a couple weeks ago. And she said, you know, yeah, we'll be back next year. And the headline he wrote was, Brittany Force admits they're coming back. Yes. Yes. And I went, admits. Well, when did they deny it? I right. mean, it, it's like, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm looking at the word too narrowly, but for me, you know, you know, go admit You know you did it. Come on. Why don't you just admit it? Not, you know. Hey, Joe, are you going to have it at broadcast next week? Right. Joe admits it. He's having a broadcast. I've admitted like, it. It comes out. <laughs> I mean, it, really? I, mean, I, guess it, I guess it makes for a good clickbait, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. So on click, clickbait, boy, this show has gotten in a weird direction, right? But, okay, we had Leah on last week. And I don't know if you saw it, but she was great. And I actually haven't seen the whole thing. I started watching it and got distracted. So, so you know, she was, she was, I've got a good, a good, um, you know, we're colleagues, uh, you know, a friend Lee, our friends, you know, I don't know. You got to talk to her, but she gave all kinds of great first time I've heard it publicly information about, uh, you know, she and Tony's relationship and all of this stuff. And I felt genuinely honored that she would share such personal details with me and this audience. And then the show is over. And I thought there were a couple of times, you know, tweeting out what the show is about. The potential for clickbait style headlines, right? Leah Pruitt dishes on Tony Stewart. Leah Pruitt talks about relationship. Like there were hundreds of examples of opportunities that I could have said something in my headline or my tweet that would have definitely gotten 10 times the retweets and the listens and all of that. And maybe that's why, you know, maybe I would be doing better if I elected to do kinds of things like that. Or maybe I would be doing worse if I elected to do kinds of things like that, right? To cherry pick a buzzword, admit, or headline to get people to click on it as opposed to the loyal WFO audience that's here to see Alan. They know that we talk drag racing. Good stuff is definitely going to happen. I don't need to do that. Well, I mean, I would think that the headline would be Joe gets the story straight from the source. You know, click in and hear what Leah has to say. On and, WFO. You know, she opened up and she was honest and she did all this. I remember, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but uh, remember we were doing the show one time back in the audio only days and somebody had sent you a note called on something about Dale Worsham having been in an accident. Do you remember that? No, I don't. So during the show, I called Dell. Yes. I mean, I just like, basically put you on hold and I called Dell and I said, hey, everything, yeah, everything's great. I'm fine. No problem. And I said, all right. So I just wanted to verify and I come back on, and then I, I thought the guy had followed up and said, well, that's not what I heard. I'm going, I spoke directly to him. Yeah. He says you're wrong. Why don't you? Now, that's my source. Let's hear yours. Yeah. Well, you know, my guy said, you know. People are just impatient. I'm, I'm, willing, they... I'm willing to divulge my sources in most cases. If somebody tells me, you know, hey, you can't. But if I go out and say, Joe's coming out with his team. Trust me, my source has got it right and it turns out he's wrong, then I am going to tell you flat out. Yep. It was Nate. <laughs> Nate's the one that told me. Nate and Nate Hershey because, again. You know, if, kidding Nate. If he's going to lie to me, I'm going to call him out for it. And I think there should be more of that. I agree. I agree. And I think it's all our responsibility to try to keep things as straight as is possible or not out there. That's another choice, too. Like, just be patient and wait, and the, the truth will reveal itself. The, the whole Arizona thing two weeks ago. 
Yes. Right? When the artist rendering came out for the proposed redevelopment of Wild Horse Pass, and everybody went crazy. Yes. That's it. The racetrack's done. They plowed it under it. They filled in the lake. No, they didn't. Now, will that happen five years or ten years down? Maybe. But the very next day, the racetrack reached out and said, no, we're still here. We're still open. We've still got a schedule. We, you know, we don't know what the future is going to hold. That's a proposal. You know, how many proposals did they have for the new football stadium in LA before they finally built one? And, you know, will, you know, nothing lasts forever, but just because somebody said, Hey, Hey, Joe, guess what? I've got a proposed redevelopment. I'm going to build a condo tower on top of your house. Sucks to be you. Yeah. That's the proposal. It doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. No. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen at all. So it just, whatever. We, like I said, we kind of got sidetracked here first thing in the morning. But it's not. Let's go back to talking good news about John Force and, and Robert and Brittany coming back. And, well, exactly. And John being know, on the show tomorrow is really the most important. That thing. should be interesting. Yes. Yeah. And people and I will be able to ask. And I'll ask John, you know, his opinion on all of it. The thing I want to know the most from John, like, I'm so excited that John Force is going to be back. John Force moves the needle for the sport of drag racing. And he's a good guy who is like a beloved hero in our sport. Like drag racing would not be where it is without John Force. He's coming back. And that is great news. I'm very excited. The Austin stuff. Like, hey, John, welcome back. What's up with Austin? Like, that's not what's going to happen. Okay. They're going to be running at the Gator Nationals. I'm super excited about it. And we'll get to the bottom of it. But you know, Alan. Go ahead. I think anybody with a calculator can figure that out. Anybody with a calculator and a couple of working brain cells. Yeah. You know, yeah. They sat out last year. Right. Now, they were working with sponsors, doing stuff, putting deals together. Once it was all done, they have enough financing to run three cars. So you have a 16-time champion, John Force. Yes. You have a three or four-time champion, Robert Height. Yes. You have a former top fuel champion, Brittany Ford. Yes. Those are your three. Yep. And Austin... You know, a couple of years in the sport, and he's certainly shown plenty of promise. And pretty, they're not giving up. They are continuing to look for sponsorship. But for right now, this is what they have going forward. And obviously, the fact that Austin is still going to be there, he's still going to be working on the team. You know, it's not like they kicked him to the curb. It's not like he went, oh, oh forget you guys. I'm going to go see if, you know, Connie Collette's got a job for me. And he knows the situation. If we have funding for three cars, these are going to be the three drivers. And... He's going to bide his time because either A, the funding for a fourth car may get put together. Who knows? You know, John's got a complete marketing staff that works on that literally around the clock. Or B, John isn't going to drive till he's 95. So if Austin is biding his time for the next year, two years, five years, whatever, I do believe when John steps aside that Austin at this point in time would seem like a logical choice to replace him. If I'm Austin Proc. I'm going, I had a great opportunity. I think I showed what I could do when they gave me that opportunity. And now I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to wait for my next opportunity because it will come along. It will come along. And that's something we spoke with Leah about. Speaking of a driver who has had the, you know, the wheels uh, ripped out from under her several times in her career and has fought right through it and gotten to where she is today. I fully expect the same. Like No one doubts Austin's driving ability. He is a great driver, and I fully expect um, them to to work it all out. All right, uh, John Force tomorrow on WFO. So I went racing this past weekend, Alan. I went I went bracket racing, and uh, it turned out some somewhat good and somewhat bad. The good part, I accomplished one of my main goals, which was to learn how to react to the tree in this car. That was my main goal. Like I had, I did not have a spot on the tree that would yield consistent reaction times. So I went there with that goal, learn to cut a light in this car, and I was able to do that. But talking about the GTO, right? The GTO. Um, okay. But it resulted in a first round loss again. But what I have done instead of making this prolonged video, I have just the first round race and I'm going to play it for you and you're going to watch it because it's kind of exciting. And then we'll talk about it after the fact. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. Get. First round Palm Beach. 69 Camaro. Four speed. Clear it out. There we go. 
down into third. There we go. Right RPM. There you go, but spinning the whole way. But a lot of spin, so I'm gonna just, I spun a lot. I'm gonna air it out, unless he's not coming. Here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. And I don't see a wind light. I, I, I still haven't been able to figure out the wind light. I think he got around me, man. Oh, man. Yeah, he got around me. Here's the ET slip. I'm 002, he's 15. I spun two, two seconds, 60 foot. I was three over with a five. He got there by five thou, and I lost. And uh, I was, man, I wanted to put a 26 on there instead of a 25. It had been slowing down, slowing down. So I was like, really going to slow down more? Yes, it slowed down more, and I lost. But I found my spot. Uh, I, I was right in that area. I had a 20. I had a 33. I had a 022 red. I had a 002. So now I've kind of got that sighting in the rifle kind of thing to where I could go out there and I got a spot and reduce, uh, you know, produce a, a reaction time like that. But I felt like it was pretty exciting to watch that 69 Camaro come storming up on the GTO and take the stripe by 5,000, resulting in my humiliation. But hey, that's racing. Yeah, that's a nice car, actually, that, 16, or that uh, 69 Camaro. Hey, I got a question for you, though. I, does your car take the stripe with the nose or with the tire? Tire. Could you have nosed him? Um, maybe, if I had that kind of talent. Uh, maybe. At 5,000 margin? Yeah, it's possible. I would have had to have... I would have to have decked it real hard, but I think I could have got it, got it down into the beam, maybe. I don't know. I'm just you know thinking out loud here from you know, years of watching and listening to guys that do it a whole lot better than I do. So, uh, but when you're when you're that close, I'm thinking. But you know what? Double O two. You know, you obviously you made the right decision when the thing turned the tire. Just hold it down and see if you could see if you could sneak it out. Coming up five thousand on the wrong side of it. I don't think there's any shame in that. That's it. You're, you're way less embarrassing than you have been. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you very much. I'm coming. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, that's it, right? Like, and that's what, you know, the Tin Man starts to move and, and you get a little muscle memory and you figure out like, okay, this, I've addressed this area of my racing. And then you find a whole new area that needs to be addressed. And uh, that's the top end driving part of it. Uh, which will come around and is only really a viable thing when you can have competent reaction times. Like driving the stripe is not a thing when you're having terrible reaction times. <laughs> it, it only works when you're actually in the race. So there you go. I, I had a good. I had a yeah, good. Jody, time. Jody Lang explained that to me one time, and uh, after I had raced uh, down in Tucson. And I actually deep staged. I was bumping, 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 and the top light went out. And I can tell you, no amount of praying will turn that light back on in no. those two seconds. No. And so we end up in Vegas, whatever it was, a couple of weeks later. And if I'm not mistaken, Jody doubled. But when he's leaving the winter circle, I pulled up beside him in my rental car, and I kind of like did the old womp womp thing a couple of times. And he rolled his window down, and he said, maybe you should worry about staging before you start thinking about the stripe. And then he just kind of drove away. And I'm like, dude, really? Yes. Do that's, really? <laughs> I'm, thank you for sharing that story, Alan, because that's it. That's what it's about. Right. There's all these elements that every single one of them is important, but they go by really fast. And like, all right, I messed that one up. All right, that one I got okay. Okay, this one's ruined. And you just try to put it together and... I've had the world of respect for all of these people that we watch race on a regular basis already. I know I can't do what they do. They're pros for what they do. But to get out there even in the most basic level and try to do some of it and be able to do some of it but totally inconsistently makes me look at the Justin Lambs of the world and think, incredible. Just incredible how they are able to just repeat over and over again. C5000, 2000, Jeg. Yeah, you know, I could see about 3000 at the stripe at 175. Oh, that's, that's great. You know, that's, um, that's what's amazing about this sport we follow. I think you're taking the right approach. You know, you, if you know that there's a lot of work to do, concentrate on something. You know, you're not going to fix everything in 10 minutes. No. Concentrate on something. Get comfortable there. Then, once that becomes second nature, start working about 
thinking about the next thing. And I know you've been struggling a little bit trying to find a spot, trying to get it to work out with the GTO. You got that, or at least you feel like you've made progress there. Okay, that's one thing you can put out of your mind. And now you can start working on kind of the next thing. It's, uh, you know, it's a whole lot easier to focus on one thing than it is to focus on three or four different things. So focus on one. Once you get that one fixed, move on and focus on the next one. Exactly. And what's great is when you have a podcast, people are going to give you like props for losing first round. Like, where does that ever happen? Great work, Joe. Look at that awesome job, says Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost, guys. I got, you know, I got whooped. But had a great time again. It was a good time and on a, a good day. So season getting rolling. Gator mm-hmm. Nationals a couple weeks away. Baby Gators a couple of weeks away. South Georgia Motorsports Park, the Division Two points race has been postponed. Cody Savage getting a lot of love for that decision just because it's been raining like seven straight days. And it's just not looking good to send people out into that. Um, and I appreciate it. It looks like we're going to have How a Division One. How many Division One racers right now you think would feel comfortable hooking up a trailer, getting on the highway? Zero. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, I mean, it's a so good decision. Yeah, like what? And that's this whole exercise. Uh, the start of this season, we always knew it was not going to be like totally normal. We're getting to that eventually. I'm feeling like summer back half of the season is going to be closer to what we know as normal. But we got to get there, and by making smart decisions like that. That's how you get there. You don't put racers in peril to just get to the racetrack, that kind of deal, when you can reschedule. And obviously, Atlanta, the national event, was rescheduled by NHRA since the last time we spoke. One of those breaking news things. As soon as we got off the air, they dropped it. And what can I say? You know, there are going to be races on the schedule that are delayed, rescheduled, postponed, that kind of thing, based on the facts on the ground where they are. Yep. And, you know, it's, right now it's just a fluid situation. That's, it's as simple as that. You know, there are places that look like we can go, looks like we can put fans in the stands, looks like are going to be places where we believe we can go, we can race safely, and we can not put our racers and our fans in peril, either from COVID or from something else. And that's what we're going to try to do. And if a question mark comes up on one of those things, whether it's, uh, you know, hey, this area is a hot spot or this is a weather situation or this is not a place where it looks like we're going to be able to put a crowd in this grandstand, then we'll go do something else. And, you know, it's just the way it is right now. And we're just, we're dealing with it as well as everybody else is dealing with it. You know, you look at what NASCAR is doing. You know, why, why do you think they're running their first three races in the state of Florida? Because Florida is a place where they can race, even though mother nature certainly wasn't very kind to them this last week, right. but they know they can go to Florida. They know they can get the season started. They know they can get their teams on track. They can get their sponsors on television. They can do all of this stuff that keeps the industry moving. It's exactly the same reason that when NHRA decided last year, when we were coming out of the pandemic, that we could race in Indy. Because for the vast majority of the teams, it's simple travel. So that's less expense. And we can put our teams back to work. We can put our sponsors back on television. We can do all this stuff that keeps the industry rolling along. And if that means that there's going to be changes to the schedule, then there's going to be changes to the schedule. And, you know, I certainly don't think that Atlanta or South Georgia are going to be the last two things that get changed this year. And it's just going to be a kind of, you know, keep rolling with the punches thing. Well, exactly. And the first conversation we had is connected to this conversation we have because it's just going to be wait and see based on the decision makers. Now, I feel very confident about the races in Florida. Just uh, I can say that our governor has been extremely aggressive about keeping things like this open. Uh, you know, learn as best as is possible to live with the situation. Not everything, like I don't necessarily agree with every aspect of it, like bars and stuff, but when it comes to drag races and races and outdoor events, things like uh, NASCAR and uh, Saturday night bracket racing, they understand, like, these people want to race. they got a lot of money to, to you know, wrapped up in it, and they need something to do, and the weather is great, let's do it. And that's what's going on. So uh, I feel like this is the place to start the racing season, and NASCAR and NHRA agree. And uh, we've got the big test at Palm Beach, which is where John Forrest will be testing. I will be in Orlando for the World Door Slammer Nationals with the Pro Stockers and the Pro Modified Cars as they got to get warmed up. And uh, the Baby Gators is the same weekend. So you got three massive drag races. I think there's something going on at Bradenton as well, like NMCA or something or NMRA. Um, Florida, 
is where it all happens at the start of the season. Kind of like we talked about it at last week's show, whereas California and Vegas is where it all ends up at the end of the year. That's where we're going to, we can plan on deciding championships. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of a shame. I understand the decision. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that, but I'm just saying it's kind of a shame that, uh, you know, the Phoenix event got canceled at the time that it did. I understand the decision, you know, Arizona has been a hotspot and, you know, we're, I don't want to say lockdown, but we're all being a little extra careful around here. Uh, but, it, you know, that was been an opportunity where this time of year you would think the weather would probably be okay. You know, there was a points race in Tucson. There was a points race and a national event in Phoenix that have all now been either, well, the national canceled. The other two have been rescheduled. But, you know, you just have to make those decisions when you have to make those decisions. If you're going into a marketplace and they're having a spike or they're having, then the last thing NHRA wants to do is become a super spreading event or be, and get that black eye. So if the local officials in whatever the community is say, hey, guys, this is a bad idea, then we need to back off and we need to understand why. And you know, I, I get it. You know, it's, it's, nobody's, it's nobody's perfect scenario, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And once we get through this, then, uh, then we'll, we'll go back to racing hopefully the way we used to with, you know, full, full grandstands and sell out crowds and, and putting on a heck of a show. But in the meantime, we've just got to do uh, what can be done with circumstances that are completely out of our control. Exactly. And I, I liken it, I continually liken it to our World War II effort. Those people became known as the greatest generation for a reason. And it wasn't just those who went overseas and actually fought. It was an entire uh, national effort. Everybody here, from kids picking up scraps to not doing the uh, extra things, not wasting materials, turning off their lights during air raid sirens. Everybody participated in getting us through that war effort. And what did that lead to on the other side? And this is what I would like to look forward to. On the other side of the great victory, that's where drag racing came from. That's where the highway system and the car hops and the music and the 50s and the fins and space program and all the great stuff that we associate with the America that we know came out of that effort. And during the middle of that effort, uh, I'm sure it really stunk, man. I'm sure it was terrible to not have people, and we've lost you know, a lot of people. But on the other side of this, we are going to have sellout crowds, and we are going to have packed stands, and we are going to have a bunch of cars, and people are going to be thrilled to get back out there. But we've got something to watch. It's not a full-on war effort. We do have our entertainment. They aren't stopping baseball. You think about, you know, like League of Their Own happened. Um, Dean Antonelli, John Medlin, the new crew chiefs for Ron Caps. I was on the air with Ron Tobler. If you guys haven't heard that interview, Tobler was great. And as soon as the news broke, we could talk about it. The news broke while we were on the air. And he says that uh, Guido, obviously, and John are excellent. Their team is excellent. But they're sending Caps down to the other car. The Infinite Hero car, Caps is going down there, and the Napa team is pretty much dissolved. A lot of those guys, like Chris Afflerback, is going sports car racing, and a bunch of guys are moving around. Um, kind of sad, like the end of an era, that Napa team, like that team has ended and Ron Caps has taken his driving suit down to the Infinite Hero team and they're going to rebadge all those cars as Napa and it's going to be a kind of a new experience for Ron Caps. That having been said, Dean Antonelli, John Medlin, they're going to win a lot of races. Yeah, I think so too. And then, you know, the, the situation just outlined for those who follow NASCAR, doesn't that sound an awful lot like the Kyle Busch deal? Yes. Where, you know, he and his crew chief just couldn't get on the same page and it's like, okay, well, take your number and go over there and send us another driver. And even though Kyle is still in the 18 M&M's car, just like Ron is still going to be in the Napa auto parts side, but it's really the driver is the only thing that's moved. The driver changed teams, uh, not the other way around. You know, it's, it's hated for the Napa guys, but they're all really talented guys. I'm sure that the ones that want to find work in the NHRA won't have a whole lot of trouble doing that. Uh, but I also understand the decision if I'm Don or whoever ultimately makes a decision over there, and I'm sure Don's at least got to sign off on it. Okay, look, we've got two good teams here, both championship caliber, no question about it. Do we break up and mix and match and then wait for the chemistry to come together, which we all know can take, you know, three weeks or three months or six months? Or never, or, or never. Do we just keep together a team that has got solid chemistry and bring in a new driver. 
And I think that, uh, you know, that's the decision that, that they opted to go with in this case. And, you know, everything would be a different case. I'm not saying that every time that's the way to go. But in this particular case, you know, that car ran pretty well last year. You know, Jack was very competitive. Uh, you know, DSR swept the season. So everybody over there was pretty competitive. But instead of, you know, mixing, matching, shuffling, I think you try to keep as much of the core unit together as you can. And in this case, it's, it's a driver swap more than anything else. But uh, I expect them to, you know, come right out and, and you know, be competitive right from the get-go. I, and to tell you the truth, it's not that different from what Cruz Pedregon is going to do. Right. Right? I mean, right. He brought in an entire team, not just a crew chief, not just a couple of guys. He brought in an entire team. So if you're John Collins, it's almost a driver swap. You know, Tommy Johnson did a heck of a job driving a car, no question about it. Cruz Pedregon can absolutely drive a car, but instead of, okay, you know what? This guy's the brains. This guy's the one that let's just bring him over and then let him train all of my guys and readjust everybody to his system and his way of doing things. Or do you bring the whole team? Why do you think when John Force hired Alan Johnson, he hired Alan and Brian and the team? They came right out, started winning races, won a championship. When Mike Salinas hired Alan Johnson, he didn't just hire out, hired the team. You come over here, you take over the operation, you do whatever you got to do. I will come drive the car. And that's a quick way to success. And that is, uh, that has been, I think, kind of a proven formula in the NHRA that, you know, you can hire one guy and come in and try to build chemistry and build success. Or if it's available, you can hire a team that already has the chemistry already has there's, when you get into a 55 or a 45 minute turnaround, you know, for a live television or a rain, you know, threatening day or something, you need to be in sync with all those guys. That's not time to be getting used to somebody else's, you know, habits and, and the way they do things. And it just, it takes so much time when the fans come out and they watch these guys dive in, you know, and it's amazing to me because I've done that a little bit, you know, just enough to realize how good the guys are. You know, when a guy goes in there and goes, okay, let's go. We rip the valve cover off. I've got to take off six head bolts. And then I need to move out of the way because that's when the oil pan comes sliding out. And then I go right back to, and it's not, you know, guys elbowing and guys, it's everybody being in sync, which takes time. Unless you hire the whole team, then it doesn't take time. Then the guys hit the ground, they're in sync, they're ready to go right from the start. I remember talking to Dean, and this goes back a hundred years ago, but he was talking to one of the new guys on the team and this was at John Forrest. And I'm telling this probably 20 years ago. And the guy comes up and he asks, I don't you know, some kind of silly question. And Dean explained to him, no, we do it this way. We do this. We do it, and this is why we do it. And this is the way you need to do it. And this is how I need it done. And the guy went, okay. And he went back to work. And then I said something to Dean about, you know, I said, yeah, that must get kind of tiring. And he said, no, he said, it's better than a mistake. And I'll, he said, I'll take that every time. He said, we've learned so much over the years. And if a new guy has a question or isn't sure or something, have him ask. I'm more than happy to explain it. He said, but there is absolutely nothing on that car that doesn't have to be there. If there's a wire that has two zip ties on it, it's because we learned over the years, one zip tie in and up. And if a guy just puts one on because he's going to hurry, that's not worth making a mistake. He said, every single thing, there's a reason we do it. And if a new guy wants to know the reason, or wants, I'm more than happy to explain it to him just so he understands. The reason we do this is because we learned we have to do it this way. And like I said, teaching a new team just simply takes time. Getting a team that is already in sync and already has the chemistry uh, will, will just get you to the winner's circle that much quicker. Yes. Well, I think about Dale Jarrett stealing the Rainbow Warriors away from Jeff Gordon way back in the 90s. Remember when they had assembled that first over-the-wall team? And he's like, yeah, all y'all. Come over, and they went out and they won the championship again. This is nothing new. Chemistry is probably the most difficult aspect of this whole deal, the most difficult aspect. Look at the Capco team. They have chemistry, and they get all the best parts in there, unstoppable. To assemble, like you said, the personalities. How many times? All these crew guys, they have to live on the road together. They don't get along that doesn't work. And I know Tobler told us the other day that's part of that was part of the reason as the team and he was going to have to bring in new people and get through new learning, chemistry, teaching is like, man, this guy's 50 years in. That's not where he is in his career. And uh, 
and that's one of the reasons. And I, I think it, it makes perfect sense. Hey, bottom line, though, we're getting ready to go racing. Any final thoughts? A couple questions came in. Uh, like, George wants to know, what's the deal with Bristol? What's the deal with Bristol? He's asked three times. And the answer, like, I think what we said at the start of the show is we got to just wait, man. We got to wait. There's no point in speculating what's up with Bristol when Bristol and NHRA, everyone has said, like, just wait. And that's what we're doing. And I'm, I am able to patiently wait on something like that. Okay, well, Joe, here's the deal. I know a guy okay. who gave me the inside scoop. Now, I can't mention his name, okay? But here's not. the thing. I, I honestly don't know. And I, I have Giant meteor coming right at Bristol. What are we going to do about it? We're waiting yeah, for and, after and Everybody passes. said the same thing, that, you know, NHRA wants to work it out. Bristol wants to work it out. There's a couple of things we're trying to get squared away, and they just haven't got it there yet. So hopefully that will all come together soon. Exactly. exactly. By the way um, – should we go back and, you know, relive our sorry Daytona picks or what, do you want to just was let yours out on lap 14 like mine was? I'm watching Ryan Blaney and he's going low and I'm like, he's going to make it. And then he goes into the grass and just destroys his whole front end. And that's that. And he's out of the race and it's over. What about you? What, what was your pick? Harvick. I ended up, I think, fourth. But You win again. Only 11 cars cross the finish line. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. But it's got to be fixed, right? I mean, there's got to be something. I don't know what it is. So I spoke with Matt DiBenedetto. Like, let, me, let me ask you this. Yes. How would you have liked to have been in the Roger Penske meeting on Monday morning? Ooh, no. Well, am I Roger Penske? That might have been fun. But other than him? No, I, I don't <laughs> think even for Roger that was fun. Wow, brutal. Well, it's like we're first and second, and we ended up 13th and 14th. Why? Because you hit each other. Yeah. But – to, to be fair, Michael McDowell, you know, he goes on and wins the race, and he's like this great story and a good kid, and he had that bad crash in Texas a few years ago, and that's kind of what he's known for. So earlier today, and I'm going to be posting it soon, guys, Matt DiBenedetto was on the show, and I asked him specifically about the bump drafting situation because how many races got kind of ruined at the end of the duel we, where second and third bump draft, and it ends up, or, or third and fourth, causing a crash at the front. And he says with the really high spoiler it's causing them instability with the bump drafting. And we saw that a couple of times. So you definitely, exactly. You can't hear me. You. Oh, you're, you're, uh, I hear you now, but you can't hear me, I lost you. but your, your earbuds are no longer working. And he's going out. But anyway, so DiBenedetto is going to tell you all about it. But uh, he says that the bump drafting is unstable because of the aero package. And that's why Michael McDowell bumped Brad into Joey. And that's what the problem was. Michael McDowell gave a bump draft to Brad Kay into Joey, and they were kind of sideways, and Michael McDowell ends up reaping the benefits by winning the race. But yes, not good if you're a Team Penske fan to go from one and two on the final lap of the Daytona 500 to back in the pile, which is exactly what it was, a pile of junk race cars. Yeah, sorry about that. Once again, my do not disturb gets interrupted by an incoming call, which just shuts down our broadcast, so I apologize for that. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not placing blame anywhere. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I get it. Right. We're all trying to win the Daytona 500, but it just seems like, you know, you just know, right. Okay. Everything's going to be fine until we get to the last lap and then everything's not going to be fine. No. And me being a car guy, I just watch all the tore up race cars in France. You know, the you know, I, I completely understand that, you know, the guys have in their budget that they could do this. And for most of the teams, it's like, yeah, well, no big deal. You know, go get another one. But uh, it just seems, you know, there seems to me that there should be something, you know, where either you're the guy that's pushing or you're the guy that's blocking or you're the guy that makes you think, is this worth wrecking my car and 10 other cars or would I rather finish third and have everybody else, you know, get out of the car and walk away? I just, uh, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the solution is, but I know, you know, I hate seeing it. And I know that there's a lot of fans that, you know, that's all they talk about is the big crashes and that's what they watch the races for, but I'm not that fan. You know, I want to see the guys race to the stripe and, uh, and I just, I, I hate seeing the equipment get wow. torn up and, you know, I, 
How much? How much I money? I really hate to see somebody get hurt. How so. much money was that? Do you think? Like, did they do a quick ballpark? Like, what was? A million and a half. Yes, millions of dollars of equipment destroyed. I feel like, and I know it's easy to spend other people's money. People do it all the time. So let's spend a little bit. I I think they need to put asphalt down there in that grassy section because many many cars ended up destroyed out of the race or in much more worse shape than they would have been because of the moist, muddy area down there. And coming back on the track, like Matt Benedetto, uh, the 43 was down in the grass, tried to get out of the grass, turned right, came straight up the track right in front of him. He was almost through it. Um, things like that. But then again, this is the final year of this car in NASCAR. They're going to be switching to a much different style race car next year. Uh they're only going to have like four per team, supposedly. Maybe this is something we'll look back on and say like, ah, oh, remember that? We just don't know. But what are you going to do? I wonder if that'll make the guys, I wonder, uh, seriously, I wonder if that'll make the guys think a little bit more about, I can't wreck this car because we don't have 10 other ones. Right. And, you know, I don't know, you know, like I say, I don't know the solution. And from the, you know, because you always have the law of unintended consequences, right? If you pave all of that area, how much longer does it take to dry the track after the rainstorm? And where does all that water go? Right. Because the water that runs off the track that goes into the grass is now out of the way, at least as far as the racetrack is concerned. So if you pave all that, where's the water going to go? And I would think that you wouldn't be able to go back to racing until you dried all that. So have you just added another hour and a half to the five-hour and 42-minute rain delay? Right. The unintended consequences, the many, many layers of unintended consequences. So, so true. What can you do? Alan, great job as usual. Is there something that we didn't get to on this edition of WFO Radio that you would like to, that I didn't mention, that I didn't get to? It's very possible. Uh, pr- probably, but I'll remember it as soon as we go off here. <laughs> good. At least we're in the same mental no, state. That's the good. I, I'm just looking forward to getting on an airplane and getting back to the racetrack. And uh, I want to. Again, wish the best to everybody who's dealing with some pretty severe weather in a lot of places and, uh, you know, just stay hunkered down and uh, get through this. And hopefully we'll see you all at the racetrack soon. Simple as that. And it won't be long. Like, racetracks coming very soon. Things are going to start warming up. This snow, hopefully the last of uh, this winter here in, uh, in 21. Alan, great job as usual. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your involvement here on WFO. Thanks, Joe. Happy to do it. I've got to uh, put my starter in my Suburban. That's my project for the day. So. There it is. There it is. I like it. You're working, baby. You're working. Go get to work. Good luck. Thanks, man. See you soon. There he goes. Alan Reinhart with us here on WFO Radio. All right, put your comments in the comment section. Final comments coming up on one hour of live streaming. Got a big audience. Did you know John Force is going to be on tomorrow? That's the plan. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Four-something-ish. I don't think we know exactly what time. But in the meantime, we've got all kinds of great content out there. Leah Pruitt, last week, incredible. Why don't you share that one? I don't know if you guys realize, but the share feature is very helpful to WFO Radio. The share feature, where you share the show with your friends. Exactly. And the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. So you can listen to the audio only. Not everybody watches the video, believe it or not. That's not what this is. This is a podcast. People for hardworking people who are working on cars and doing their things they got their earbuds in because they can't they don't have time to sit and watch the screen the whole time right this show is for them and so we really appreciate them um so we got john force tomorrow the rest of the week totally up in the air i will be doing some stuff what'd you think of my run against the 69 camaro i can show that again i'm gonna take you guys through it that one was for alan let me show you one more time and then we'll tell you let me tell you about the great sponsors first just because they deserve so much these people Pay money to be involved with WFO Radio. Marvin Rodak is snowed in today. He's roasting coffee, 817-924-6821. The hot sauces, the habanero endorphin booster. It's incredible. The WFO Radio blend of coffee. It's fantastic. Try it. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. We're going to be doing a Hidden Horsepower episode coming soon. There's a bunch of them. John Callies is in there. We've got a bunch of great episodes. TotalSeal.com, SamTech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Of course, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. March 19th, there's going to be a dragster adventure out there. March 19th, go get in that class. Race against some people. Nitro Fish, folks at Nitro Fish have our 
10th anniversary t-shirt, extremely rare, the 10th anniversary t-shirt. You can only get it at nitrofishracing.com. And you're saying, a podcast that's been around for 10 years? Yeah, it's true. But if you just want a face covering, I don't have one here because they were in the race car after uh, this weekend. Go to wforadio.com, click on the store, and look around there, man. I think you'll be surprised at all the good stuff we got going on there. All right, put your comments in the comment section. But right now, let me take you back to the starting line. It was round one at Palm Beach. I was paired up. This guy's dialed 1180. See him back there doing his burnout. You got to watch the mirror, folks. You got to watch that mirror. Using my phone. Just looking out the mirror. Backing up. Getting right on the starting line. Clear it out. Bringing up the RPMs. 4,000. Let it come back down. Down into third. Not drive because it'll go into overdrive. Right in the lights. I wind it out in third. Sam, I'm not changing the transmission. Drive is good enough. Right RPM. 002. There you go, but spinning the whole way. Felt great. But a lot of spin, so I'm going to just... I spun a lot. I'm I'm going to air it out. I know I'm over. Unless he's not coming. No, he's coming. Here he comes. Go faster, Joe. Here he comes. Faster. Here he comes. Darn it. And I don't see a wind light. I I, I still haven't been able to figure out the wind light. I think he got around me. Again. Oh, man. Again. And that's not the worst of it. You guys haven't seen the worst of it. I voted, I talked to the Patreons last night on the Ignition Show, and they all voted that I not make a big, giant, long, prolonged video of it, the deal, because they only want to see wind lights from now on, is what they said. And so, what I might have wanted to show you all today doesn't really matter, does it? Because the Patreons are the people who have ultimate voting on big issues such as this one. And, uh, you know, while I would have eagerly edited together this prolonged video, the Patreons are the ones who said, Joe, just show the good stuff. So, okay, Patreons. And if you would like to join the Patreons, you can do that. Go to patreon.com slash WFO radio or just go to our website and you click on that. You get unique content. For instance, you guys haven't seen Matt Benedetto yet. They've heard Matt DiBenedetto already. They know all the good stuff. They get early access. They get voting rights on the show. Like, what's the next gear we get? They're all getting free T-shirts. All of that stuff by being a WFO Patreon. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. Let's see what everybody has got to say. Final comments. Remember, John Force tomorrow. I feel like I've done a good job of promoting that. And we've had a pretty good, pretty good start to the season. All right, let's just go back to Rick who said that Alan needed to put another nickel in the sound machine to keep his thing going. Yeah, exactly. And what's Sammy say? Logano said he was backing up to Brad to shut off his run if he had been going all out, no crash. Right, but then he would have lost the race because he would have gotten too far out there and they would have stormed right by him, which is the problem when you're the leader in a draft and has been all the way back to Dale Earnhardt's days. You always have to be backing up to the guy in second place. You cannot let that gap get too big because you will get freight trained. That is just the way it is. Uh, We call it plate racing. By the way, there's no restrictor plates on those engines right now. Plate racing technically doesn't exist. It's a different kind of deal. Or just uh, like Charlotte, uh, put in turf or a big drainage system. Remember, we're spending other people's money. Who cares? It's, It's all free. While they fixed the bump drafting, fixed the blocking as well. Good thing they didn't allow blocking in drag racing. Well, Garlitz told me a long time ago, and I want to let you guys know that Garlitz is going to be on the show in a few weeks. Right now, we have the 25th of February tentatively written down to have Garlitz on the show. It is my goal that Garlitz will be on just like this. But I can't guarantee it. We might have a picture of Big and he'd be on the phone line or something. But Garlitz told me a long time ago that he always liked drag racing because he considered it more gentlemanly. You stay in your own lane. There's no contact. That's not what NASCAR is, okay? There's going to be blocking for the win at the Daytona 500. I know Joey Logano's getting beaten up, but, like, why, man? The guy's trying to win the Daytona 500. He did everything right. The energy came from behind. That's it. You don't let people pass you. And when you do, you get fired. That's what happens. You get fired. Uh, Alan, what uh, is the year truck behind you? Oh, see? I should have... Gave him that one. See what else? Is a square body on Allen's lift? Yeah, it was, but he said it was a Suburban. Stay safe, everyone. See you at the track. Won't be long. We'll be out there. We'll be out there. Just applied for my Gators credentials today. Uh, I'm about to do the same, Dujanet. About to do the same. Let's see. Monica, great show today. Thank you. Always says thanks. Thanks, Monica. Came up with the great idea of having a yearly membership available, but not mandatory. 
I was talking to someone. They're like, I don't want the yearly membership because I might not be able to do it. I like to go month to month. And I'm like, that's great. We're going to do multiple. Just your choice. Great Ignition Show says, Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Scott and I watch this show called Rick and Morty. You may or may not watch it. It's not new. It's old. But I have mentioned that I like Rick and Morty a couple of times, and this guy has joined our fantasy league, and his team name is Pickle Rick, which I'm going to have a lot of fun with that over the year. I did not have the best. It is not too late for you to join the fantasy league if you'd like to. As many people as want to join can join. We've got like 84 people in there. And you missed one race. Big deal. You're 320 points behind the leader. You can still win the deal. But you got to join in. Uh, let's see. Jay says, good show. Jan, you were out there a little bit earlier giving me a little information uh, that was medical and private, and I didn't feel comfortable putting it on there, but I've seen those Facebook posts. Thank you for doing that. Greg says, what's up? Warren says, excellent effort. Thank you, Warren, for recognizing my effort. And on a day like today, effort's tough. No shame in that round. Five thou. Yeah, that's why I put it on, on the show. The one with the shame? You won't see that one. Let's see. Uh, stock GTO. Cold air, uh, Canon, cold air, and a tune by my friend Fuzz. And that's it. Uh, Fuzz, who used to work at Samtech. And... It went 13.09 last time. Uh, it was really hot. Track prep wasn't as good. And just kind of skating the tires for the first 100 feet. Got worse, 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 better. And I broke out. I'm taking a time. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Not a loser. You're doing great racing, working on your lights. Yeah, man. I had a 20. I had a 33. I had an 02. I'm in the neighborhood, man. I'm in the neighborhood. Now I got to work on the top end. Good show, Joe. I need another mask. Yeah, man, Kev, we're going to send you some stuff, bud, even though you live on the other side of the planet. We're going to figure it out one day. Let's see. Yearly, pay it and be done with it. See, that's why it needs to be an option. Not everybody feels the same way, but you do, and so we need to make it an option. And Mike says, great show. Thank you, Mike. You are awesome. But now the show is over. The good news is, if you're watching on Facebook, you can scroll up and down and all, find all kinds of great stuff. Be sure to like our page. So you get the notifications whenever we go live. Leah Pruitt, her interview was, it was very credible. I want to say incredible, but no, it was very, very credible. She analyzed her crash from last year. She just gave so much great information. And that's why people like her, I think. And I think it was really good for the show. Uh, I told you a little bit earlier, I wasn't up for the clickbait type headlines. But I would like people to see it. So share the show, please. Uh, Ron Tobler. Wow, that was good. He's drinking wine. I was drinking a little whiskey. And we were just talking about the times that were back in the day. A lot of fun. Um, great time with Tobler. I think you'll like that one, too. And then tomorrow, it's going to be Strictly Business with John Force. That's the plan. Can't wait to have Force back on the show. It's going to be the first time in a long time. But he's got news. And so Force is back, and Brittany is back, and Robert is back. They are back. And Austin Proc, real quick. When you have talent, you have talent, things tend to sort themselves out around you. Yeah, there are some talented people that stay on the sidelines. But generally, when you've got talent, like Austin does, things are going to work out. So while it may be unfortunate or uncomfortable or just a bummer for Austin, who has already proven that he is the goods to work on a car or do something else, things will work out for Austin. That's my opinion. We'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out for Austin, I'll be the first to come back on the show and eat some crow. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Remember, around 4 o'clock tomorrow, go to the archive immediately. Download the podcast. Subscribe. And look out for this one. It'll be out later on today. WFO. WFO! Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a show. And don't forget to write a review. WFO.